You want some advice, Luke? Sure. Never let anyone pick on you. Otherwise, you'll carry it with you the rest of your life. Most kids at school, they were bigger than you. Yeah. And bring a knife to school. They take it off you and beat you up. You go around their houses at night and burn them down with their families inside. What's the worst they can do? Yeah, okay. If you get passed up for a promotion, just tell your Marine buddy about oh, it. This oh, is no. Spoiler. This is Spoiler. He has the PTSD. Welcome, everybody. I am your host, Stevie, and tonight we're doing a very special episode. This is a uh, Patreon request, right, Pap? This is Austin's Patreon request. Loyal member, Austin. We chat with him sometime in the DMs. Good guy. We like Austin. Thank you, Austin. Yes, thank you so much. This is very exciting. And he picked a normal movie. Is it? Is it? <laughs> is this a normal day in your life, Josh? It's a really popular normal movie. <laughs> I don't think we would have covered it without him picking it. Yeah. I've never heard of it. My boss recently found spoilers on accident, so that's a whole separate side story. But he had never heard of this movie either. I feel like most people haven't heard of this movie. But when I look on Letterboxd, people fucking love it. There's a range of reviews, but there's a lot of people who really, really like this movie, including Austin, I think. Stevie, that's not a side. Like, we're going to get into that Pappy's boss thing, right? You're not going to let that slide. I mean, Pappy, might as well tell the story. I I mean, listen, depending on how this goes, I might really need more Patreon (laughs) subscribers desperately (laughs) soon. (laughs) No, my boss said that he was listening to a podcast on Bullet Train. And he's like, dude, this one of the voices just sounded so familiar, bro. I was like, do I know him from a different podcast? Like, who is this? And he's like, then I realized it was you. And this is like in a big team meeting with everybody there. And I was so embarrassed. Um, and then he said, screw you guys. I like that movie. So sorry, Andy, but <laughs> you're listening. Wow. What a fucking oh. idiot. <laughs> oh, God. I almost, got, I, I almost got found out about three weeks ago. And... I have yet to tell anybody at my workplace at all that I'm on a podcast. You gotta keep it secret. Keep it safe. Dude, (laughs) yeah, no. I'll never give that shit out. But, look that. I make the new trainees listen. It's part of their (laughs) training program. And leave a five-star rating. Yeah, they edit the videos that we post to Instagram. All all the videos we put up. There's so many. We are going to be reviewing the guest. Um, this is. Does anybody? Has anybody watched? Um, I call it Downtown Abbey because I love pissing people off. But has anybody watched Downtown Abbey? No, you know I never really understood the appeal of that kind of. Me TV. fucking neither. <laughs> I've yet to watch a single second of that show. 
But I do know that's where Dan Stevens like got his start. He's the Beast in Beauty and the Beast, formerly number one episode of Spoilers. Like, formerly numero uno. Which Beauty and the Beast? Live uh, action. Bad one. Not the Linda Hamilton. That one has Ron Perlman. We're talking about the 2016 one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Or 17? Somewhere around there? With Emma Watson? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he uh, crushed it in that. And he was also in another episode we did, uh, Eurovision, right, Pap? Oh, who was he in Eurovision? I don't even remember him in there. The really flamboyant Russian guy. Oh, yeah. He's okay. I'll play my cards. I'll play my cards a little bit here, boys. I like Dan Stevens a lot in this. <laughs> Quite Josh has watched think... a numerous amount of Downtown Abbey. <laughs> I haven't at all. And if, <laughs> if Wyatt Russell wasn't already playing U.S. agent in Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think Dan Stevens would have been great casting for that. He's too handsome. What are you trying to say about Wyatt? I'm saying that like when Wyatt wears the Captain America outfit, like the new and improved one from the government. It's weird. It looks weird. And it's supposed to look weird, right? It, like the <laughs> idea being that no that, one can like, quite fit in the shoes of Steve Rogers. He, like he also, I don't know if it's like the fitting, but when Wyatt does wear like the mask, I guess you can call it. Like he has that kind of like deep South, like kind of like protruding or kind of like retracting jaw. You know what I mean? What? Yeah, he's a class four. I thought you liked him, and here you are talking crap. I'm just saying, when he puts on that, like you know, mask helmet type deal, he has that really like kind of like sunken and jaw type thing you normally see in the Deep South. Just the way I see it. No, you're right. Thank you, Corey. Thank you. Did you you like Dan Stevens' Deep South accent, Stevie? You mean the one that was going in and out? Uh, that wasn't the only easy. thing going in and out. Am I right, hey boys? Hey yeah. hey I, I thought he was. I thought he was pretty good in this movie. I like how his face does this thing where it kind of like he shuts down or like goes dark, you know. And like I think that's pretty effective. I mean, the music helps a lot in those moments. But I'm with you, Josh. I thought it was pretty good. There's this one thing he does where he has his shirt on and then he takes it off. Mm. I love that. Yeah, he's so good. That's at that. great stuff. Uh, that's commanding stuff right there. Do you ever see something like that? And like your first thought is, man, I should work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should just do that thing where you don't eat or drink for a day and then you drink a beer or a Diet Coke and you're good to go. Mrs. Peterson? Yes? Can I um, help you? My name is David. Mrs. Peterson, I... Uh... I knew your son, Caleb, and we trained together and served together, and uh, well, we came to be good friends. Oh, um, w- uh, would you would you like to come inside? Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> but let's go from east to west. Um, trying to think of a good question here. Oh, Austin had one. Austin, Austin had one. Oh, let's do that then. <laughs> Pap, okay. what is the question? Uh-huh. Well, Austin had a lot of nice things, like I said, in the DMs to us. Um, but then he did come up with a question and he said, if you could experience a film for the first time in theaters again, which one would it be? 
and he said he's going to leave us an iTunes review soon. So we appreciate the review, Austin, and of course, you being a Patreon. Which film would you want to experience for the first time in theaters again? Pap, are you Isis? Yeah, I guess I can read the question and answer. <laughs> uh, Triple double. <laughs> Happy recording from Kalamazoo, like the Primus song. Gonna do a little, I guess, slant on it because I feel like there might be some similar answers amongst the spoiler men. Um, but I never got to experience Fantasia with a live orchestra, although I had tickets um, in March of 2020. So I, I didn't get to see it, which really sucked. So I, I would like to experience that for the first time. I've never. I don't think I've ever gotten to see one of those where you see a movie and like they play the music live. I think that would be really, really cool. Yeah. At least not in my adult life. I haven't seen one. This is Josh from Goshen. Um, my fate, what I would choose for this is like when I saw Moana with my oldest daughter when she was like four in theater, we had to take a couple breaks because she got scared. So we'd go get popcorn when it got too intense. <laughs> Just very sweet time. But also, I would say more of like a personal one. This is more of like a for plot and movie reasons, you know? I would say probably Fight Club. I was just at the very right age for that movie to like really blow my mind. So. You saw that in theaters? I don't remember how, but. Nice. Uh, you know what? Maybe I didn't. You're right. It it wasn't in theater because I would I would remember like who would have taken me to the theater to see Fight Club. But that was like the the answer that was like ringing in my head all day because Pappy did Stevie give us this question ahead of time, and for some reason this whole time I was thinking of freaking Fight Club, and I don't know. I we haven't done that movie yet on spoilers, have we, Pap? No, I don't think so. Probably a lot of plays. People future spoiler for sure. Can I pivot to that from Taxi? Driver? Yes. No. Josh, you did say a taxi driver was very personal and meaningful to you. If you really want to pivot, you can. I'm glad we're doing it on air. (laughs) But I'm still no pivot, Pappy. Have you pivoted before? Anyway, Josh from Goshen. I did not see Fight Club in theater, so I will definitely go with Moana with uh, my sweetest, my sweet oldest daughter. She is four. Nice. This is Corey, Kylo Ren memes, and I'm recording out of Simi Valley, California. You know, in some of our recent episodes, I realized that when I talk, I talk for a long time. <laughs> no, we love it. <laughs> Sometimes too long, perhaps. Uh, this might be a long answer. The first thing that came to my mind when this was mentioned, and this is one of my answers, I always got two, right? The first thing that came to mind is a kind of a recent movie, Avengers Infinity War. Now, I know that kind of sounds lame for a guy that is always wearing an A24 shirt, of course, Hmm. but (laughs) Avengers Infinity War was like, that movie was so fucking good, and I got to see it a day early because my friend got me into the uh, screening for the people that worked on the movie, not the actors, but everyone behind the scenes, the special effects artists and stuff, because she was a special effects artist on that movie, and... Man, I was so excited to see where this went, and I was, like, so fucking satisfied 
Like that movie starts off and it's just action packed and it's really just everything the inner nerd in me ever wanted uh, up to that point. And, you know, Marvel had built things up so well up to the Infinity War saga. So really great movie, really great experience with just a packed theater of fans that were absolutely loving it. Great time. But, you know, I was I was thinking about it. And I was thinking, like, he's really, like, trying to ask about something in our past here, Yeah, I think, you know? Because he says, like, go back. And that's in the past, but maybe, like, further back. So, I was thinking back about other comic book movies, because there's been a lot of times when I've been hyped for comic book movies in my life, because I'm a nerd. One of the comic book movies that I was really hyped for, that really let me down, and that's going to lead up to my answer, is um, X-Men The Last Stand which is X-Men 3, which came out in 2006. I've always been a huge X-Men fan. That's like my favorite comic book property ever, especially when I was a younger kid. And then the live action movies, the first one was pretty good. Second one was really good. And I thought they were just going to like keep getting better from there, you know. But X-Men The Last Stand in 2006 was such a fucking letdown. One of the biggest letdowns <laughs> of my entire movie going experience in life. It's like that and Batman and Robin, like those two fucking movies, fuck them both. But so around this time, mid to late 2000s, we got another comic book movie a couple years later and I was hyped for it. Yes, but I, I knew that it could be bad. There's always the potential because I had been hurt before. And this movie was a 2008 movie and it was called <laughs> The Dark Knight. I saw The Dark Knight opening night. And it blew me away. The hype for this was pretty fucking huge. Like, I remember it being advertised all over MySpace. Like, you would log into MySpace and, like, the whole background was, like, ad-ridden, dark night. Like, you know, that image of him on the poster with, like, the broken down or burned down building. So I went and saw this movie and I was completely fucking blown away because the state of comic book movies at that time was pretty bad and I was really coming off the pain of X-Men 3. You know, I think we got Iron Man earlier that year and it was like, I thought it was pretty good, but like what I really needed was like this, something that took itself very seriously and had really good writing and had very memorable performances and it had a, a really good take on Joker and that everything. I just loved it so much, so that might be my more official answer, The Dark Knight. Stevie, can I add one? Does everybody else got two? I'm going to say two. Have at it. Say four or five. My, well, I was thinking about, like, since Corey was saying about experiences, I remember when you and I saw Arrival. Like, I mean, that's a pretty sad movie. Oh, yeah. But, like, it was just super fun because it was, like, you and me, and we went to the movie theater in the middle of the afternoon, and, like, the second the movie ended, well, Ooh. first of all, we did the thing that we do in theaters where we see a trailer, then we just look at each other and, like, make a face or do a thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, yeah. Nay. <laughs> a yeah. quick reaction of what we think. But then yeah. we didn't fucking stop talking about it from, like, the second we got out of the theater to when we got to your house and started recording the podcast. That was really fun, like, just thinking about that movie. It really blew my mind. That's my second one. Arrival. Not the arrival. Not the arrival. Yeah. Speaking of blew my mind though, Corey's literally part. Have you guys seen those YouTube videos that are just like all the cool parts of Infinity War and they play the audience reaction? It'll Dr. Stranger will just be like, you're a douchebag, Tony Stark. And everyone's like, oh, let's go. <laughs> That's not in the script. <laughs> Something like that. You know what I'm talking about. I will say this though, like people just go I, wild. 
I'm really happy that Corey brought up Infinity War because it literally spawned one of my favorite memes that there is. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen this in a thousand different formats, but the one, like the way I originally saw it was, have you guys on that bar during the World Cup in England? Oh, where yeah. they're all just waiting for a guy to score and they go nuts in the bar yes. and they always like <laughs> replace the screen. It was like the way I saw it originally was always replaced with Thor like showing up in Wakanda, <laughs> like just appearing like out of nowhere, like him and Rocket. And like when you see like the bar going nuts, like that's why I originally saw that meme and I love that. Dude, that that was me. That's how I felt. I was like, dude, Thor's gonna fuck Thanos up now. <laughs> like, oh. enough of your bullshit. Sorry, I just hit my head on the mic. I fell asleep thinking about that. <laughs> Josh, don't act like you don't love Marvel Snap. You're hardcore. <laughs> That's so true. Me and Corey are just addicted to this freaking Marvel Snap at. And I do like Infinity War, so I'm just giving you a hard time, Corey. It's all G, baby. All right, is it my turn? You're the host, so it's up. Yeah. It's I like mean, your... I can punt. <laughs> yeah, pass or kick it. Um, this is Stevie recording from, I'm not going to say, because there's a guy out there that Josh keeps antagonizing that I don't want him to know where I live. Alex Cooper. So we're just going to leave it at that. Alex, Alex yep, that, that pretty much, yeah. The one from UK? Filmmaker? Yeah. Watchmaker? Yeah, he's not sleeping, though, man. <laughs> Watchmaker? Mm-hmm. Entrepreneur. Cooper watch Family Empire, Josh. He's got connections. But um, I have two. The first one I'll say is pretty obvious, and that was seeing Mad Max Fury Road opening night. Uh, Still, to this day, get like chills thinking about it. And the other, like I didn't think it would, but it stuck with me for going on eight years now. And this is around 2014. I used to work a really labor-intensive job in early mornings and long hours, and uh, my sister called me and she was just like, do you want to go see Interstellar in IMAX? And it's at like 9 or 10 o'clock at night, and I was just like, yeah, let's go do it. And the part of that movie that will always stick with me is when Matthew McConaughey is trying to dock that ship with Hans Zimmer just going nuts with his music. I wish I could watch that movie again for the first time so badly. I know people love to hate Interstellar, but no, it's I legit. love it. Yeah, Mad Max was my first thought. Interstellar, future spoilers pick, Stevie? I think so. I think it's worthy of it. It really holds up, and Matt Damon just plays a beautiful dipshit, like a beautiful asshole. So, and oh yeah, I was going to ask, is Matt Damon involved in FTX at all? Fortune favors the brave. I don't think he was doing commercials for that one. Wasn't it a different one? He's a crypto guy. 
I know he's a crypto guy. I just didn't know if he was doing it for <laughs> FTX. <laughs> that fucking crypto commercial, man. Seeing that play in front of uh, every movie I saw for like six months got old quick, my friend. The Matt Damon one? Yeah. Oh, I hated it so much. Go fuck yourself, Matt. <laughs> but let's get into this movie. Pap, how does this movie start off? So, um, where are you staying? Well, I, I noticed a motel off the highway on the way here. No, 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 no. You will stay with us while you're here. Oh, no, I, I couldn't it, put y'all out. Nonsense. We, we would love to have you. We have plenty of room. And in fact, you can stay in Caleb's old room. We insist. Well, I won't argue. Starts with the. Uh, it starts pretty fast. Um, I think we do get like a quick establishing shot of David running mysteriously, um, but then like within two seconds, you're in with this family who's lost a son, and he shows up at the door. Um, one thing I want to say about this opening, though, like when you watch this movie back to back, like I, I watched it and I kind of just threw it on again in the background. It's so tonally different than the end. You know what I mean? Like this is spoilers. I feel like this opening's pretty serious with the mom crying and like the little shrine to the son who died in Iraq. It's hardcore. <laughs> this movie, th- dude. This movie throws me totally. I don't understand. Same. Like I understand yeah. like dipping your toes in different genres or even just tones, but. This has a lot of different tones, almost like Geostorm, almost in that realm. <laughs> Part that throws me the most is like when David shows up and he's like, hey, I, I knew your son. We were super close in, do they say Iraq or do they say the Middle East? Do they say a country? I think he says like Middle East later in the movie. Like, but it's, I mean, it's clearly like one of those type of movies where the person's coming back or whatever. He's like, I knew your son. And then the mom's just like, yeah. goes to the laundry room is like weeping violently you know and like later in the movie there's jokes it's so like all over the place it's crazy what jokes are you thinking of like when they're in the maze and the teachers like left right left right left right and the two just look at each other like whoa you know um that's confusing yeah i can't remember all that the fuck's he talking about you're not picking up (laughs) what i'm putting down with the tone josh uh, I mean, that comes with a territory in a movie where you have no idea what's going to happen in the next minute of it. I mean, <laughs> isn't that the beauty of it a little bit? I think especially in the first 30 minutes, there is like a little bit of a cat and mouse game going on in your head of clearly this guy has a secret to hide, but is he ultimately trying to help the family or is he simply trying to grift? It's something that they try to kind of tie back in at the very end of the movie. But I think, spoilers, once he kills the parents and some other dozens of innocent people, (laughs) I think that wears a little thin. But the jig is up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying, though, Stevie? Or, yeah, anybody? So you're talking about like David here, who's the central character of this movie. When he he shows up and you're saying, like, what's his angle, right? Like, why is he here? Because there's something mysterious about him. You're talking about that. My problem with that is that 
all the mysteriousness surrounding him is with the filmmaking and not with his actions. Yes. Thank you. The movie is telling us that there's something mysterious about him by the angles that they show him and how long they hang on him and the music that plays. But he doesn't do anything mysterious. He doesn't like actually appear to be that strange if you were in their shoes, in the family's shoes, um, until, you know, until things start to turn. You don't think it's strange when he's just meditating at night with his eyes open instead of sleeping? Josh, sometimes I will also sit with my eyes open, and if there was a camera hanging on me, it would seem weird, but it's just <laughs> called being alive. <laughs> I, I thought he acted pretty weird, like after him and the dad were drinking the beers, and the dad gets up, like his, like I said, his face just like physically changes into a different person a couple times. But, but what I don't understand, maybe this is a Stevie question. Why don't they go deeper into that? Why don't they ever go deeper into but, but why, that? Okay, what do you why mean? Is he, so he's a classic sociopath. He just plays up whoever he's in front of at that moment. No, fuck that, Josh. Fuck is that. He? No, you could say you you could say that if like he was this normal Joe Blow and kind of snapped, or not even snapped, just random guy. You know, knew him in the military, whatever. But this guy went through like a program that mentally broke people, like possibly like physically transformed them. Like he's immune, and to we anything. never, yeah, and yeah. Well, it did. He he doesn't feel anything. Like, why don't we ever go deeper into the mental aspect of it versus just, hey, this guy's a little off. Like, do we actually? Is the real David in there? Is there like a new David that's taking over? What's going on? No idea. My question with David: Why is he there? Like, thank you. Later, he kills the the people. But the only reason he kills, he only kills people is if it compromises the mission. Like that no one can know about the mission because just knowing about it compromises. So he's been programmed to kill. Why the fuck is he there in the first place? Not even we can know about the mission, Pappy. Yeah. And like, I'm fine, Pappy, I'm fine. I'm fine. I do know why, he's, know why there. he's there. Why? He promised his fellow soldier, Caleb, that he would go and see if oh. his family was okay. And I actually believe Come that that's on. true. And then he just lingers. He's in the he's in the picture. That's me. Right there. I'll be. I remember that day. That doesn't mean anything, though. That's clearly set. Let up me to explain be like- it. So, to not rush through this, like a, like someone like Corey's wife Amira may complain about. There's a picture. <laughs> oh. There's a picture on the mantle of like a bunch of war buddies, including Caleb, who has passed away sadly, and one of his buddies is clearly this guy that shows up at their door, and maybe Stevie. There's this like little part that they talk about later in the movie where there's like a plastic surgeon or something involved. But like, I really do think deep down, like he killed his parents, but at the same time, he wanted to help the son, Luke, out in several different moments throughout the movie. How does how do those reconcile? That's what's kind of conf- totally confusing about this movie is why, like, why is he there? And why does he stay? I don't get it. Because like, 
Well, according to Josh, he's both a sociopath that's telling people what they want to hear, and he's also there and trying a to hero. help them. Yeah. I think but he's I been think- trained to be the sociopath, but you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't always a sociopath. I mean, I think that's just the movie. I, I think, Josh, what you're saying makes the most sense. It's just the presentation of the movie. Like, at some point, you think he's a sociopath, but I think what you're like, suggesting makes sense that he just wanted to be friends like he made a promise to his friend maybe he can't break a promise or something maybe that's part of his conditioning i mean the movie doesn't tell us any of this it's dude this movie's really hard to process on one viewing <laughs> it's a <laughs> lot to take in Can I ask you guys something? Please do. How do you feel about the daughter or main character, second main character? I don't know who the main character is of this movie. Um, kind of just like seeing David with his shirt off and then immediately like going into the bathroom like she's going to flick her bean. <laughs> I find that's just like... Hey, Patty's boss tr- listens to this podcast <laughs> for crying out loud. Hey, well, female masturbation masturbation happens every day. But, like, I find that just to be so ungodly lazy. Says a Catholic. Hey. <laughs> I like her as an actress. She's from It Follows. I like her as an actress, too, but I just don't like... Yeah, yeah I mean, I like Christian Haydenson a lot what, as an actor. What I doesn't just, make sense? That she would be impressed with his body, Stevie? Like... It would be weird if she wasn't, actually. Got a pretty nice body. This dude is impossibly handsome. Ridiculously handsome. Yeah. Like, he is really good looking, and uh, he is lit <laughs> really well. And he is lit really well. <laughs> like, I feel like he looks like he has, like, an aura about him. You know? like, he, like, soaks in the light and, like, spits it back out through his eyes. <laughs> It's a lighthouse or something. He looks at me with his deadlights, and I want to be there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Almost Paul Walker level of handsome. Looks like Zach Morris. I just find it lazy. It's all I was saying. Like, for a movie that starts off with, like, a mom crying over her fallen soldier's son, like, it just, it feels, like, really lazy to be like, hey, let's show that this girl's attracted to this guy. I just expected this movie to be different. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, more somber and, like, about grief. And, you know, I, I expected a turn because the, the filmmakers are clearly setting this guy up to be something else. There's something underneath the surface. I didn't know what it would be, but I don't know. For some reason, I thought it was going to be, like, lamb or something, Pappy. <laughs> like, I, you know, I thought there, there was going to be a, a lot more dreariness to this movie. Not like, you know cool guy go beat up the bullies moment okay well isn't that awesome though that it subverted your expectations first of all and that it and that it wasn't dreary did you want dreary yes what some people like dreary josh hi bro good time is a comfort watch for me i want a dreary okay bro the gray is my ultimate comfort watch it starts almost this week Corey, where does the dreary jump the shark? Like, at what point did it become too silly? Oh, was there like a specific scene or moment where you're like, this is, you've lost me? Uh, well, you know, 
things kind of start to change in the movie when Anna, the uh, you know 20-year-old daughter, overhears him on his phone about like face swapping. And I'm not talking about a Snapchat filter, you know, like he's talking to a doctor. He's like, I need to get a new face and new dental records. And I need to I'm take like, my okay. face off. Right. I'm like, yeah, I've seen this before and uh, <laughs> I've seen it better, to be honest. <laughs> what What about you, Pappy? How do you feel about that? Do you think the uh, tone shift that occurs around this turn is a uh, is it fun? Do you like it more as an action movie, which it becomes? It was way before that for me. It's when they're in the bar. Um, yes. So, and this is, I think it was like the moment for me where like, what, I was like, what kind of movie is this? Because he said he's helping out the brother of the guy who died in Iraq and he, the kid's getting bullied. So they fall, fall into this bar that serves you if you're on the football team. And like, he proceeds to beat up the bullies, but like the sound effects in this scene are fucking insane. And I hope we play a couple, but there's like whooshes as he punches you know what I mean and it's like it's just so over the like it becomes so over the top like the bullies like punch each other in the fight you know what I mean he's like dodging because he's so cool it's like this feels like a very different movie than what I was expecting right I expected that dude to pop up and be like Jesus Christ it's Jason Bourne <laughs> I mean this dude is evil Jason Bourne after all Here's the thing, I think, I don't, I'm not saying it's bad. It's every movie, Corey. I'm not saying it's bad, but I just had no indication of that it was going here. And it's just jarring the first time. Like, oh, it's this kind of movie. Thanks for the drink. You're welcome. Hmm. I don't want it though. You can have it. I just think that like some of the most interesting parts though are wrapped up in that though pap because when he's by he i mean david he's really trying to teach luke something here i think here and later in the movie there like there's any humanity in this david guy don't you think it comes out with the younger brother luke he tells him to go burn down his enemies houses with their families inside. That's what he does best. That's the best <laughs> shit he has, man. That's coming from the heart. <laughs> That's a sincere moment. Pap, I'm with you, though. The bar scene, I feel like, was kind of a... I don't know. It's like when one movie became another movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
it was just strange. And also like not the David that like we saw show like like we've been like shown so far. And the fact that he's just like giving people money to like kind of take care of his problems. And also like his reaction while getting the uh, Cosmo thrown on him, I thought was the weirdest part. Because it's like he seemed really angry, but in surprise, like that something like that would happen when you thought that like, that's why he did it in the first place. I don't know. It was strange. The best line of the movie possibly is in this section because he's pulling out a big wad of cash. Right, Stevie? Correct. And Luca, Luke's like, hey, are you, hey, man, are you like rich or something? And he says in the coolest, most handsomest looking voice <laughs> ever, <laughs> cash is easy to get. Fucking love that shit, man. <laughs> nope. Blowjob shots for the ladies and a cosmopolitan for each of the guys. You can keep the change on that. You got it. Are you like rich? <laughs> cash is easy to get. Is it? How did he get that cash? Did he just kill somebody? Did he rob a bank? Myriad ways. It, he has no morals, so he just gets it. <laughs> this is, he's so good looking, people just leave it at his feet. So this dude's like the last Jedi, right? I mean, he's the last of his kind. Did he? Is this the first family family he's visited from like his group or whatever? Maybe not. Maybe, but if it always goes awry, they should probably stop doing it, especially if he thinks he's being helpful. What are you getting at, Stevie? I'm just saying it's easier to explain cash is easy to get if you're like visiting like other families that like you knew of because it's like, oh. You know, hey, I knew your son. Hey, take this money, yada, yada. Be on your merry way. But like, just to say cash is easy to get after like escaping and faking your death. Why is cash easy to get? That's a code I haven't cracked myself, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Start a podcast. (laughs) Cash be hard to get for me. (laughs) DB, <laughs> can you say something nice about Austin's pick? Hey, is there something that you like? No, I'm just saying, is there something that you like about it? Like, he could have picked a worse Adam Wingard movie. He could have picked Blair Witch, the 2016 one. We did. He did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oof. we did that with a Ghost Hunter on this podcast. It was wild. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I'll say nice is. Um, I did like the kind of synthy poppy score that were behind a lot of the scenes. Um, matched with uh, the gong of the uh, you know grandfather clock that would come on anytime something bad was going to happen. <laughs> you know, I, I did like that, Pap. Yeah, I think the music is that- really good. Like, in terms of soundtrack, uh, I, you know, I didn't... I liked the music, yeah. yeah. It felt like it was very reminiscent of Drive, in my opinion. I know that Drive isn't the first movie to do that, but just it reminded me of Drive. Some of it reminded me of Good Time slightly, like some of the action synth. It's that plus the lighting. Mm. This all goes back to Thief. It does, right? I have a Josh question for you. I'm ready for it. How does a guy who doesn't 
feel anything perform in the bedroom. Mm. This is not related to the movie, by the way. This is just... (laughs) (laughs) He can... I think he can feel stuff, but he has the ability to stop feeling that if he wants. And there's a scene where he is being lusted after. Kristen is at this party with Anna, and she like thinks that David is hot because David is hot. And... (laughs) She's like all over him and trying to like get him to go to like a private room with her. And what what is your question even here, Stevie? What do I think about what? How does the man get erections? He doesn't feel yeah. shit. How is he how is he popping because, boners, Josh? Because he can do it if he wants to. He's like Dennis Reynolds. <laughs> like he can get hard just by like standing there. <laughs> <laughs> I think he I think that's the point. Like he they were kissing and stuff. And she points out, like, oh, you aren't uh, erect or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he just, like, is that. Because he just well, like, kind of forgot. He does. <laughs> he pins her down. I feel like that's part of it, too, right? Like, he, she's on top, and then all of a sudden he gets very, like, aggressive with it. And that's what makes him. So maybe it's that a little bit? You know, the PTSD? <laughs> You think it's his superpower, though, Josh, is he can turn off pain if he wants to? Uh, I think he's got a, a couple superpowers that are kind of related. And I think he can turn off the pain if he wants to. And if he doesn't want to sleep, he doesn't have to. Well, that's why I th- that's where like the thing like he doesn't feel anything came into play for me. He's like, he probably doesn't feel tired. And I think he can even have feelings for people. But when a certain situation happens that he can't get himself out of another way those feelings just take a far far back seat i wish he was just a bad guy or like i wish the whole movie didn't get into the whole super soldier side plot you know like i don't if like it cheapens the story a little bit like what if everything else like what if he really was friends with this guy but then he's just like he is messed up for whatever reason and then he starts you know be careful what you wish for monkey pawing the family right like you know killing the people who are like in their way like i i don't know i you're with me though you don't like this are you with the super soldiers a little bit too i don't know weird Uh, yeah it's really weird when they bring in the when they bring in the agents it feels like a student (laughs) film almost but i i think there is a really cool movie in this idea of him coming back and like you said, monkey pawing the family, but like helping them by basically doing the things that they're not, uh, willing, they're to not willing to do. Right. Is that monkey pawing? Is that like the definition of that? Well, I think it's like when you like, I don't know, like you wish for all the money in the world, then you get crushed by a bunch of coins or whatever. You know, it's like, I don't know, be careful what you wish for type thing. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's the guy from John Wick, right, Stevie? That the. Uh, Hotel, isn't that the agent? The main agent? Yeah, that's the uh, concierge at the, uh, what's it called? The Congressional? Continental? uh, What is that hotel? Continental, yeah. Continental Hotel, yep. I don't even care if like David was like super zany or this movie was like even like a black comedy, you know, not so tonally off. This movie was a black comedy. 
And we got to see David like murdering his boss and his girlfriend or whatever. But like Pappy, if you wanted to like be the boss at your work, then oh well, oh, well. <laughs> your boss listens to this pod. Uh, Stevie, if you wanted to be the boss at your work, yeah. you could. <laughs> I'm editing this one. <laughs> well, I mean, if there was like, a scene of that, I would take that a thousand times over. You know, secret government agents showing up on a ranch. And David slow motion appearing behind, you know, laundry pinned up on a like clothesline. Jason Bourne. No, I'm saying it's like the Bourne identity. Like that. This is what. Yeah. It's like he's evil Jason Bourne, and you know, it really makes me wonder, like, if Jason Bourne, it's Jesus yeah. Christ. I was hoping you guys would bring this up and maybe help me pinpoint why. But when those agents, literally, like when they are arriving at the farm or whatever. That is the worst part of the movie. It ain't good. It's bad, bad. Why do you say the worst? I don't know why. I was hoping y'all would tell me. I, I, I can tell you why. Because we're never really brought into areas of suspense. And they never last and they're very quick fleeting, which is just, it's boring to watch. And at this point, you're no longer in a part where it's like David and a family. You're bringing in this whole new element that just came out of left field and we don't really have feelings for. So when you have characters you don't have feelings for, mixed in with no suspense, you're in for not a fun ride. It looks stupid, man. When they show up, it it looks and feels and is stupid. Like, when they show up, it's like a scene out of a fucking Transformers movie. Like, that's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. And then the leader of these guys has a fucking black leather duster walking up like fucking Morpheus. <laughs> it, it doesn't seem to like fit. Like it feels like a corny action movie and it becomes a corny action movie for a time. Now, I'm not saying that it always is that, but it, it definitely starts to exude that. So here's something interesting. I watched Adam Wingard on Red Letter Media when he was doing an interview. And they were talking about how this movie is like a parody of action movies, which the J, the guy Jay from Red Letter Media kept saying it's not an overt parody, but it's supposed to be funny. Like, I don't know about that, though. You know? That's a reach. You can make that same argument for a Transformers movie, though, right? Like, yeah. it's so corny and ridiculous that like oh maybe it's just supposed to be like funny but not really i mean th that's kind of like a tony tommy was so style cop out right yes do you agree with that pap not that this is like the room i'm not i don't want to make that a, as a direct comparison mind you i'm not saying it needs to be like blazing saddles you know like i think you could do like a subtle parody but like I just need some breadcrumbs crumbs of what kind of fucking movie I'm watching. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the mom's, like, bawling. Like I said, in, like, the, the first three minutes of the movie, like, unironically and, like, authentically and actually doing a really good job with, with the actress. Like, so what's your problem with it? It's that? hard for me, like, 45 minutes later to be... The, well, it's hard for me to, like, see the Transformers <laughs> like, scene 45 minutes later. Like, it doesn't feel like it belongs. I think it's really hard to for a director to make you feel like you're in good hands for the entire 97 minutes. And I think they had us up until the officers arriving on the ranch 
and the bar scene, maybe. Mm-hmm. After that, I think there is a different feel to the second half of the movie. Do you guys think that maybe David talks a little bit too much in this movie? A little more mysterious, I guess. I don't know. I, my problem isn't with David, to be honest. Like, it's not like David's the one cracking jokes later. I think I think he's okay. I don't have a. I didn't even notice his accent going in and out. Did you guys notice that thing he did where his shirt would just become off? <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that. <laughs> oh, okay, my bad. That was a good moment, actually. Better part of the movie, if you ask me. Well, I'll take them all. What, all the all the handguns? No, everything. All your guns. Sure. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Look, man, now, yeah, if, if you brought money for all of them, I'll cut you a deal. You can take them all off my hands. No, I'm going to kill you. Hey, what the fuck, David? You listen to me. One fucking second. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. Why murder two people in the desert that haven't wronged you? Especially if money is so easy to come by. Yeah, exactly. Cash is easy to get. What's your deal, bro? Did he just want the boyfriend in prison and that's why he did that? That's elaborate. Like, like, this this brings up some questions. (laughs) Like, why is he doing some of these things, right? Like, what is the benefit, or as he perceives it, to have the boyfriend framed for murder? Is it just to have a fall person? And if so, yes. if he just needs a fall person, when he's going to buy the guns, like, can he just buy them with money that he can easily acquire that he specifically mentioned earlier? Like, why does he have to kill them and then have to have someone pinned on it? Or is he trying to put the guy in prison because he thinks it will help the family because the dad doesn't like him because he smokes weed? Oh, and the Terminator... In the Terminator, it's awesome when Arnold kills the guy who he's buying all the guns from. But in this movie, it's dumb. Yes. I hated it there too, Josh. Corey just goes, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't even compare this movie to the Terminator, motherfucker. It is Damn. very similar parallels. He called it Halloween meets the Terminator. And this movie wishes Halloween it had in- the influence of the motherfucking Terminator. This movie ain't got shit, man. Compared to the Terminator? You kidding me? Especially in 1984? Listen, I didn't say it was like the Terminator. Dang, I was just saying they hit a similar story beat. (laughs) Fuck this shit. I'm out. What if I would have mentioned T2? Then you would have actually been gone. (laughs) 
Did the mom have a problem in this movie besides just being sad? <laughs> That's not enough? No, I mean, like, I feel like everybody had, like, an external problem, because it's not like, you know, the son was, like, you know, the son's death obviously would have an effect on everybody. Everybody else also had, like, life problems outside of that. And I was just thinking about, like, did the mom have a problem? I guess her problem was her alcoholic husband. He did like the booze. He doesn't make very much money, guys. Leave him alone. (laughs) If only he had that degree, (laughs) he'd be manager. But because of David, he now gets Alan's salary, and all of his problems are solved. The beginning felt like the start of a porn when David shows up. Like, I thought he and the mom were going to bang for sure at some point, which actually would have been cool and added something to this movie. I thought he was going to try to fuck someone in that family, for sure. (laughs) I was like, he's going to try to fuck one of these people and, like, that's going to be, like, the point of tension. Like, you know, like, to get with the daughter or something to, I don't know. I I thought it would be, like, some kind of action against someone. Like, maybe to get at uh, Caleb, his friend who died, his supposed friend who died in the military. Maybe he's going to go, like, fuck his mom or something, or, you know? I thought, like, they were going to kind of go that direction, but uh, obviously they didn't. I thought he was going to just, like, have an engagement with the daughter, date for a really long time, have kids. Take his shirt um, off. You know, have a no, yeah, take a shirt off a bunch of times for her, have the kids baptized, just live out a good life, you know? <laughs> like, I thought he was doing that for Caleb for a little bit during the movie. Is that what you would do, Josh? Make an honest woman out of her? Be a provider. An honest woman. Be a provider. Outside of David, was there anybody's um, acting that stood out to you guys, kind of like better than the rest? I thought the alcoholic dad was pretty good. I liked him a lot. What else is he in? Seven. He's the. Is that the, the guy who fucked? Oh the, my yeah. god! Wait, what does he do in yeah. Seven? What? Wait, what? What? I know exactly who you're talking about. Like he, he puts made on me the do fucking it. the knife condom. No. And I fucked her. Yeah. Oh. Uh. There's an actor <laughs> uh. that's in this movie for a short time. He gets killed. His name's Joel David Moore. Yes. He plays a guy called Craig. Uh, but I think he is really good in this movie, and I really like seeing him in anything. But especially JP in Grandma's Boy, you know? For someone like me, and I think Brett is kind of on this page as well, although Brett's not here, uh, that's kind of like the reference point for that dude. Like, <laughs> JP, Grandma's Boy, you know? And he wears the same leather duster as uh, Major Carver later on, so that's cool too. He's a standout for me. I know me and Brett both love Grandma's Boy. Definite future spoiler. But also, I feel like people are going to recognize him the most from Avatar and possibly Dodgeball after that. Because Dodgeball was my one. Dodgeball was mine too. But then when I IMD beat him, I was like, oh yeah, the most grossing movie of all time. He's yeah. uh, insular Look character. cultural in imprint it made. He remembered him so well. <laughs> I'd say on the other side of that, Stevie, though, I thought like the bullies we've talked about are real bad. Really bad actors. Like, it's just 
That whole scene's so weird and awkward when they push the sun into the locker. It's too over the top. One of my favorite parts is when he those boys get beaten up and the sun's back in class again and one of the bullies starts like fucking with him again. I don't know if it's an ADR issue or if it was intentional, but to like hear one of the bullies like call the kid a bitch in a really high pitched voice made me laugh so hard. You guys know what it's like seeing I'm talking about? No, but yeah. I'm sure we got the audio added. Yeah. <laughs> when he's like back in the classroom and like the son hits him with that with that yardstick or whatever. Yeah, I don't remember the ADR though. I don't know if it's an ADR part or if the guy's voice just went really high pitched, but it made me laugh really hard. Oh. Oh, are you looking for someone to do your sex change operation? Oh. 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 That's right, bitches! Also, this is also, I don't even know, it's like a jumping the shark moment, but I really don't like the principal's office scene at Dude, all. Dude, okay, that, I have a, what, what are this guy's powers? That part makes no fucking sense. Like, he's trained to pretend to be outraged and get a lawyer? Like He's a litigator, Pap. That, he, he's in legal Yeah, now. he's like this Saul Goodman life. for a moment, you know? It's like, <laughs> what is this, man? <laughs> yeah, you know, his powers are like kind of everything, you know? Like resistant to pain and emotion, all all types of feeling, super strong, super fast, uh, can you know kill you in a matter of two seconds. The guy carries two kegs at a time. <laughs> the music cue when he drops the kegs is pretty funny. I, I actually like that part a lot. When he takes out everyone in that diner, though, it really kind of like reminded me that like. Having a grenade like rolled at your feet, like that's got to be like. That I'll always be because I love you. My One of the most terrifying things a human being can possibly experience. Like, I was thinking about, like, if this dude pointed a gun at me, right? Like, that would be really bad and awful, and it would suck, but then he would shoot me and I'd be dead. But, like, I don't want to have no fucking grenade, like, rolling up on me. Like, that's fucked up, man. Like, I don't know. Exploding like that, like, to me, that just seems like ten times more terrifying than being shot. Is the son actually gay? Or did he just make that up? I think he made it up. Because <laughs> I feel like they would have like at least like nodded to it at some point before in the movie. Is that bad politics, Stevie? What's that? To make it up. Feigning a hate crime? Yeah. 
It's just, I don't know. I feel like stolen valor for a hate crime. You can't do that. That principal's office scene was just so weird. Especially like the way he's like talking to the mom and like, oh, I'll go in with you. It's just, it's fucking weird. But in, if the movie was all about him doing what the family members weren't willing to do, there's a cut where that makes sense. He's willing to stand up to this douchebag principal where the mom just kind of cowers. That's not this movie but, though. And how does he, like to Stevie's point earlier, like does he talk too much? Like how can he maneuver a conversation so efficiently? Like what? how was that part of his training or his programming or whatever they call it? He doesn't sleep. He just listens to Wikipedia through audiobook at night. A through Z. <laughs> L, lawyering. Okay. <laughs> B, better call Saul. <laughs> Pap, we was the end of the movie. Is that supposed to be like a dance, or is that just like a high school like maze? Um, and I guess maybe this is where I don't know. I feel like the movie just wants to have such momentum where you kind of stop thinking about things and asking questions, right? Because the size and scale of this maze is just fucking insane. It's ginormous. Like it's got rooms upon rooms. It's just been built by like high school kids. In this gymnasium. It is far too elaborate. Is it not? Like, this is insane. Like, <laughs> Well, that's what kind of bothers me about this end scene. I wish like a full-fledged like dance was going on and David and his fuck-uppery like meet a high school dance. I think that would have made for some great- I don't think you can do that. Like filmmaking. I don't think you can do that in a movie though. You're talking about like a mass murder at this dance? No, like, not at all. Mm-hmm. Then it would basically be the collector at that point. Right? Or the collector too? Oh, just, you know, just some simple pranks. <laughs> just some simple pranks, Pat. No, not mass murder at all. I'm talking about like pin, like pinpointing a target at a high school dance and having a like, dance going like on around him while we have our own story in the middle of that. I'm not talking about mass murder. You're right. Like, I, I wish, I don't know if I'm supposed to think this is grounded in reality or not. It's so ridiculous. But like, yeah, he shows up. I, did you like how she, the daughter, uh, Anna's able to outsmart him with the boot. No. Do you think that was cool? Josh? Josh, did you like it? <laughs> How do you feel about the final battle, Josh? You like this movie. I, you know, it takes a village to bring a David down. It's true. <laughs> and you know what's really interesting is it's kind of a reverse of the David and Goliath story, right, Stevie? You got the David who's really acting as the Goliath here. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> Damn, Chad. Pontificate. <laughs> Making me want to pop open the scriptures right now. Holiest on the pod, Josh. <laughs> Stevie, what's a better Hall of Mirrors scene? Dom. Enter the Dragon. This one or It's Pat? Ooh. Ooh. Man, those are both fish out of water stories. <laughs> really relate to one another. I. This movie. <laughs> Because I don't want to have anybody ever see the movie It's Pat. I think who hasn't and being like, oh, Stevie endorsed it. No, it's it's this. I think movie. Pat is just stupid and oblivious enough to like maybe overcome David, right? <laughs> like Pat could probably like Mr. Magoo out of out of <laughs> David's like like bullets or whatever. Like you know, I think uh, I think Pat might take David. 
I'm not gonna lie, Corey, it's like a crossover I really wouldn't even mind is seeing Pat just annoy the shit out of her. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Wanna see the wing? Okay, ween is good, okay? I, I wasn't knocking ween. DB, the moment where <laughs> David goes, it would take too long to explain. Oh, fuck off. And then he stabs the mom. Cop out. Like... Serious cop It's out. drawing attention to the fact that there's not exposition. It's like, see how I didn't give you all the answers? See? I mean, even like, one of the most tropey things you can do in an action movie is like speaking exposition during the um, action scenes to kind of bring like comedy to it. And I feel like that almost would have worked in this scene versus just, we don't have time or the money and stab stab. It just, yeah. I really am sorry about this, Mrs. Peterson. I'm afraid I haven't been fully honest with you. What do you mean? It would take too long to explain. Corey, do you like horror movies? You know, not really. But, you know, I've been finding that the quality of horror movies lately, uh, you know, within the last few years has been pretty good like pretty pretty well above like what i've been accustomed to horror movies which is really just like 90s trash horror movies like troll 2 and leprechaun uh why do you ask i mean you've seen the original halloween right yeah <laughs> does this ending kind of speak a little michael myersy to you well all great movies end with the uh survivors in the back of an ambulance with a blanket around their shoulders every great 110%. movie does stevie <laughs> Hundred and ten percent. It's how they were. It's how they were meant to be made. <laughs> oh, you guys are talking about the burbs. Yeah, the burbs, right? I mean, it just seems like to me, like so many horror movies have this ending. One of the collectors or both had this ending. Definitely I don't remember both. which ones I've I think watched. the original collector does. Um, like movies that are just like bullshit schlock, like lights out, like they end like this and. You know, sometimes there's a, like a stinger and sometimes there's not. But in this case, of course, there is. Because after our heroes have gone through all the uh, horrors brought on by the villain of the movie, you know, and they're relaxing and the fire department's there and, the, you know, the crime scene is... Everything's safe now. Yeah, everything's safe now. But in this case, of course, we see what is most definitely David limping away in some firefighter gear, you know, with a mask covered and a firefighter hat. I mean, he's his powers are beyond what he, we even talked about earlier because, like, this dude got shot a couple times, like, you know, in the leg and maybe, like, in the arm. But then he got stabbed, I think, in the chest and then stabbed from behind in the uh, side of the neck near the shoulder. One of his lungs has to be punctured. Has to be. Just seems like a lot. <laughs> mm. Mm -hmm. Consider a world where you're a secret special agent with all these government-induced powers and your brethren and all this. He's gone through all the procedures, all the surgeries, all the exercises, all the classes. In his dying breath, he says, my parents are miserable. 
take them out of their misery, teach my brother to fend for himself, and get rid of my sister's douchebag boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? That's a good movie, Josh. What would you do? Why didn't we get that? We did. Show that. Show it. <laughs> what, 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 what? What, what, what would you do? Thank you, Mark Summers. Yeah, if he's so committed to the mission, why doesn't he just leave after he tells all of the family members that Caleb loved them? Like, I don't know what the mission is. I mean, I, how convinced are you guys of the mission? Like, are you pretty like dead set on that based on the movie you saw? Why would he be there? I don't know. I don't know why any of this is happening. I don't know why this movie is so highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes either. Why don't you like that? At a certain point, someone requested it for us. We had to watch it. You have to embrace that part of the ride, right? I think one of the scariest things that a filmmaker or writing team can do is write a movie with a sequel in mind. And I feel like that's what we got in a lot of this. And a sequel will never be made and we'll never know. We would have gotten more backstory in the sequel. (sighs) Yes. Don't you feel like this was like being primed for a sequel pap with the ending yeah i mean the ending is like what are the last words like what the fuck and then just i mean don't get me wrong the music's great and the music gets loud and then it comes up with the guest but nothing's resolved we didn't learn any anything you know uh, presumably he's got to keep trying to kill them right like the terminator he's not going to stop it was about the friends we made along the way isn't that right <laughs> i wish she would have been like but he's lost so much blood and he's like Blood is easy to get. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't even mind if, like, they like tried to cut off one of his arms and it was just like all cybernetic underneath. This movie's already weird enough. Keep going weirder. Do you remember that part of the movie where it's kind of like in Garden State, where she's like, "Hey, listen to this song. It's blowing my mind." And then they play the song like live while you're watching the movie and it's just some like stock. It's like the shins, right? Well, in Garden State, it's the shins. In this movie, it's just like some stock music. Goth industrial music. Honestly, I like the music in this better than like a Garden State. Like, <laughs> like to me, like that... It screams hipster in Garden State when that scene happens. And it's like, oh, look at these two kind of like quirky, like, you know, young 20 year olds. And like, what do they listen to? Like the shins. Okay, cool. That's like slightly underground. Like, no one really knows about this. This, I kind of like the stock music. It was refreshing. Okay. Like, listen, the music. I just want to say. That is like one of the single greatest things you ever said in this podcast. Hold, hold on a second. I appreciate those words. Well, so Josh is much. about to kick me in the balls for it, so let's see. I will take your criticism of the shins and Garden State. That's that's fine. I I use stock footage and stock music all the time in my real job, and I can almost guarantee you this is like Universal Productions or like Music Bed, and they just like took the new indie song, like track four from the newest indie quote indie album that came out that month like there's no real substance in this music and even if you don't like it in garden state i think there's substance in it but in this one it's it's just commercial music right there's no art in that.
It's like the YouTube free stock music that they get yes. that you can use in like your videos without uh, <laughs> getting a copyright claim. Yes, their library is much bigger, but <laughs> YouTube has like the 30 tracks you can choose from. This one has like 30,000 tracks, but still like I get it if you don't like the shits. That's that's what I'm mostly trying to say. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not a big music guy anymore. Those days are well behind me, but uh, I did like the music in this movie. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say plot twist. Survive is like, I guess, one of the bands who wrote a lot of this music. And the Duffer Brothers heard or watched the guest and heard them. And in interviews, they said, yeah, we watched the guest and then we had them write this, the theme song to Stranger Things. So, I mean, is that why like, the gong goes off in Stranger Things like it does? Almost 100 percent. Probably. Yes. <laughs> like, they like yeah, the music like in this, too. Huh? Yeah. Nice. I, you, once you hear amazing. it, though, you hear it like there's definite vibes of the Stranger Things theme. Like this movie almost feels 100. It almost feels 80s sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that would have worked, Pap, if we got like transported back to the 80s? I don't like I don't like cell phones in movies. That's my thing. Like, I really think cell phones don't belong in movies. I hate them. Well, it's, this movie's trying to be like an over the top version of like a very specific type of movie of like coming back from Iraq. Like, so, I mean, maybe you could do it in like the seventies, like someone coming back from like Vietnam or something, but you would need to have some kind of like land landmark war. Yeah. Them Grenada. <laughs> Grenada. <laughs> All right. Before we get into yes or no, do you guys have anything else you want to add? Yeah. Did you guys see the kid in the classroom who had the giant cowboy hat on? No. No. There, it's one of the strangest things in this whole movie. In the classroom, Stevie, that you were talking about where the scene that you like where they, they get in a fight and he breaks the yardstick over his head. One of the kids in the class just has a giant cowboy hat on. Like insanely big. And it's so weird and out of place. I kind of love it though. I see it. It's a big hat. It is massive. This is like... It's funny. So big. Bigger than the kid's hat in the Mighty Ducks 2 that does like the <laughs> hockey puck tricks. No attention is called to it. It's just some extra in the background, but I fucking saw that. I couldn't unsee it. Is it like the Doug Dimmodome mm. hat? Like that giant... <laughs> That's awesome. I'm just seeing it now. That's awesome. My final thought is I'm a little taken aback by the music conversation because... Josh... We don't like the no, shins. I thought the music felt... Let it go. I thought the music felt stock in this. I like the shins, Josh. But like the Stranger Things theme song is literally in my like main playlist. I feel like I would have a nose for like that. <laughs> I don't know. I want to give these uh, the musicians credit. I apologize for what I was saying earlier. Not stock. You know what it kind of reminds me of? Like, and maybe it's just the It Follows connection with um, Makia Monroe. Like, you know, Stevie, how in It Follows, like where none of the production design is of a specific time. 
You know what I mean? That's my favorite, is when it crosses. It's almost like this music isn't like real life. I, I don't even know like how to, you know what I mean? It's like, this is just this one kid who's really into this weird music, but they're also playing it at the party. It's like, they don't listen to hip hop in this universe. You know, they listen to whatever kind of music this is. I, I don't know, I kind of yeah, like How do you it. even categorize that kind of music? Like, what is the genre? Ancient Lamentations? <laughs> no, but I'm sure Stevie wished. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> I mean, I thought the music felt pretty synth poppy, didn't you guys? Just like an 80s synth pop? Yeah, I think that's as close as I can come up with, maybe. Without as much beat? Or I call it, I call it, sometimes I call it neon pop. Like, that's a way I would describe it, at least. Because, like, if it really was stock music... That'd be a pretty fucking bold move to call attention to it and have her make a mix. You know what I mean? Like, there's that whole scene where he's like, I like this music. And then the music swells. Like, I feel like the movie's proud of its music. But shouldn't they have a vocalist so you get the impression it's from an actual band instead of. Like, there's some stock music that's good and worth listening to, and the artists are real artists and, like, I wish they were on a had a bigger stage. Would you have liked James Mercer as the vocalist, the lead singer of The Shins? Did you? Just, yeah, like, I did. Google I did. his name. <laughs> Thanks, Pappy. Would <laughs> have been pretty cool. All right, let's do yes or no's. Let's start with Corey. This is Corey. I'm gonna give this movie a soft no, but I'm gonna uh, give Austin, our favorite patron, a hard yes. Uh, it's cool that you requested this like has been mentioned we would not have done this movie on our own merits probably wouldn't have thought of it you know and the lists of movies that we each have is just getting longer and longer all the time so it's good to insert something new into that I think you know they can't always be it's Pat guys we can't just do it's Pat every time (laughs) we gotta change it up (laughs) as much as I'd love to do that Uh, this movie is interesting to me at the beginning And I like the mystery of it, right? The mystery is always cool. But I just don't like the reveal and how the reveal plays out and like the big dumb action scene with like all the bullets flying and ducking behind tables and like the SWAT guys get killed. Of course they do because we don't know who they are or anything about them. Uh, You know, after that, there's a couple good moments here and there. I talked about like the frightening idea of just being at a diner and a fucking grenade rolling up on your feet. Not that they show it from that angle, but I thought about it during that scene, so maybe it was effective in that way. But I sometimes don't even understand the steps that progress us to the end point in this movie. You know, I think there's good things about it. I like this actor. You know, he's pretty good, and he's a a handsome boy, that's for sure. I like the the daughter actress. She is great in everything I see her in. She's a total babe. Acting, I don't think, is is too bad, aside from, you know, I didn't think about the bullies, but I, looking back at it, you know, it's, it's not ideal. But they're not leads. They're only in here for a few minutes to serve a purpose, you know, to fill out another character's character. So, you know, it just doesn't really come together for me, and it definitely does not have any rewatchability for me. So that's a big takeaway watching this. I was like, don't ever have to watch it again. Now, I was going to say this earlier in Final Thoughts, but I just want to say that uh, I'm definitely in the minority here because this has a 92% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 69% audience score. Nice. 
Nice. That's all I got. Pappy. First of all, Austin, thank you for your patience. Uh, We really appreciate you being a Patreon for this many months. You said this is one of your absolute favorite all-time movies. I hope you don't hate our guts now. Oh, no. After this. Oh, no. um, We were kinder to this than we were Southland Tales. See if that going for you. But I watched this twice, and I watched the order of events was I watched the movie, then I watched that interview that they did with he did with Red Letter Media, and I heard it was a parody. And the second time I watched it, I thought there was more... I, I could see some of the comedic moments. Now, I laugh a lot in this movie by any means, but there's a couple of times where like the music came up or like things are so over the top and ridiculous, like especially like the way he rolls the grenades in the diner is just like fucking fucking insane. Like, so I mean, I don't know. I, I like that part of the movie. I think it just kind of makes me sad because I feel like this is actually like a really, really, really smart concept and could have been interesting. And he said in that interview that it started as a more straight somber movie and then through like iterations of the script like became more over the top and like i i just really wish we could have seen that original straight somber movie of him you know doing what the family wants but not by the means that they want a lot of unanswered questions in the story a couple nice things though the music fucking rocks the lighting is really really good I, mean, I actually think all of the performances outside of those bullies and like I guess like some of the smaller extras are, are really, really good. Um, I love this fucking cast and it's a lot of like, oh, it's that person from that type thing. Um, I've been talking a while to punk because I really didn't know what to say, but I'm going to say a soft yes based on my second rewatch. I, I said I liked it a lot more the second time. I feel like it is kind of a wasted opportunity in some spots, but I, I don't know. I wasn't like frustrated watching this movie especially the second time when i knew where it was going like and i and i feel like it's enjoyable enough and all the things i like about it i did really really like and i I don't know i really like that uh main actress too maika monroe like she's been in stranger things she's been in this she's been in it follow she's been in a lot of like solid horror movies so just enough austin probably with the patreon bonus to get like a, a soft yes but i didn't hate this movie i really didn't George? Unlike Pappy, my yes or no cannot be bought. Listen, <laughs> just enough to bump it over. I, I need you to realize as a friend, like friend to friend, cash is easy to get. <laughs> right. <laughs> Corey, I think you're right when you said this movie doesn't quite like come together at the end. And I think kind of to Pappy's point, this movie probably works a lot better if Lance Reddick and Alex Knight don't show up in leather trench coats. But I also think if there's a better movie buried in here, there's also a worse movie buried in here. There's one that's like more rapey. There's one that's more oh yeah torture porny. There's one that's more like got more of that like raw sadness. So I liked that this movie was all over the place. I get why Austin likes this. This is actually a huge yes for me. I had a lot of fun watching this, but one other thing Corey said was it doesn't have like a lot of rewatchability. And I think that's probably right, but I'm still going to give this a pretty solid yes. And I hope that's 
fair and hope everyone realize I'm I'm not bought off when I say that. I'm I okay, the first time I watched it I gave it three stars, which is usually yeah. Second time I bumped it up to three and a half. So i I liked it on its own merits. I wouldn't do that for you, honestly. No, this is a call. No, I'm here. I can't be bought. I'll put it that way. This was a yes on its own <laughs> merits. I promise. Cash is easy, like Josh said. Patreons are hard to find. This is Stevie, and I really didn't have to wrestle with this one all that much. Um, this is just a no. I don't know. I really didn't. I know I'm not supposed to connect with David at all, but I also didn't like root for him or hate hate him that much. Just he was kind of there doing things. Like, I kind of wish he was a little more Patrick Bateman-like. Uh, and this movie was a little more like that when he's kind of, you know, getting ready with Huey, Huey, Huey Lewis in the news, getting ready to kill a lead singer for 30, from, uh, for 30 Seconds from Mars. And, um, yeah, I just, I like the music quite a bit. I like the lead actress quite a lot. I love Dan Stevens. I just don't think this movie really ever came together. And... Thank you, Austin, for the pick and letting us review this, but just a straight no for me. We love you, Austin. Pat, you got some trivia? I got some trivia. Josh, do you have some trivia? I thought you had trivia. Yeah, we've done that game before on the Terminator episode, then you had a better trivia you had up your sleeve. I just want to make sure. Dude, we did the double trivia and it was awesome. (laughs) And Stevie (laughs) was the double winner. So we'll see if we can repeat. The highest, the highest of stakes. Let's go. Moments in the winner's circle, and you get it tossed it to Spoiler Man. Corey has been very critical lately of the quality of trivia, saying he didn't want to do a lame closest to with no stakes. So I was going to do a farthest from, <laughs> but then I realized Brett's not on. So instead, you each get your own personal closest to, a blind closest to. I have A, B, and C. You got to guess on different cool. questions. We'll see who goes, who's the closest. Stevie, do you want option A, option B, or option C? Or option D. A Josh different trivia. question. As far, no, I'm just joking. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> joking. I'll do option C. This is according to Brett. Oh, good God. Who's not here? If you go woke, you go broke. Why isn't Brett here tonight? There's a Packer game on. He claims to have watched how many consecutive regular and playoff Packers games? Oh, my games. God. Did he say this on air? <laughs> no, I talked to him on the side to get this information. Oh, he's so full of shit. Um... Remember, this is according to Brett. Brett is the source on that. Yeah, I know. This is why I'm going to do a Looney Tunes answer. I'll say... Josh, he's what, 37? Why are you always trying to age people? So I can do the math. Because if I can take 37 times 16 and then do every other year where they're playing two playoff games, I can get close. I think he's like 43. Other than the 60s. Damn! Uh, good God. Okay. 
I'll, I'll say that he has claimed to watch 525 games. 25. Okay. I'm going to make a slight adjustment. Kyle, you can either pick A or B or guess on C if you want the Packer one. B. Okay. <laughs> How many single location full service restaurants are in the u.s i tried to find how many diners but all of the numbers i could find are sketchy so it's like just a standalone restaurant not a chain how many of those exist within the u.s there's uh 27 27 <laughs> what <laughs> who cares i also like to live dangerously really how you want to do this kylo all right, fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be that guy. Too cool for like, trivia. Yeah, right. All right, all right. Just put a no, thousand I'm, at the end of that. I'm sorry, it's not Marvel Snap. This is the best I can do for entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd win. Yeah. Uh, there's got to be like twenty-seven thousand. Twenty-seven thousand. <laughs> Josh. Do you want the a. mystery trivia or to guess on any of the previous a. ones? How many special forces does the U.S. have? What do you mean? Like a troop, a military person who's classified as special ops. Like individuals or organizations that are... Individuals, soldiers. Oh my gosh. People just like David in this movie, yeah. Yeah. Now remember, Josh, you got SEALs, Rangers, and Special Forces. Space Forces. Green Beret? Oh, Space Force. <laughs> I don't know if they're included. <laughs> I actually did have an emergency uh, stop trivia, if you didn't have any, Pappy. <laughs> and it was like, the CIA has this many employees. Oh. And it was like, like 21,000, but I don't think that's like what you're talking about. You're talking about military Special yeah, role. like CV was saying, yeah. The specials. How many people even live in our country, Pappy? Can I ask 300 you million? Yeah, 325 million? The US, uh, the world population just crossed 8 billion a couple days ago. Yeah. Let's go. I gotta hope that we have like 10,000 special ops. I'll say that. Okay. Josh, we'll start with you. You said the U.S. has 10,000 special forces. I hope they have more. You are off by 60,000. We actually have 70,000 nice. special forces. Well, that's comforting. So, Corey, you're up next. You guessed that there are 27, and then you said 27,000 full-service restaurants. You're pretty much just as close with 27. There are 155,000 <laughs> special service, single service, or single location full service restaurants. Stevie, I think you had the easiest question. Oh, yeah. The least amount of variables. Brett claims to have watched 265 consecutive Packer games. You're off by nearly 100%, but you're still the closest with your guess of 525. <laughs> I don't know how many seasons that equals, but... Stevie, you are the winner. Let's go. I wonder which game he missed. That doesn't seem like very many games. That's pretty weak. He says that he was in Bloomington yeah, for... and they didn't have the game. Josh, I don't know if you remember that. 
he was like hell no i don't remember that visiting you i bet his older brother brian has like so many more games watched than brett it's not even funny brother brian patron so stevie you are the winner you can toss those yay yay um I just want to say uh, thank you to all my supporters and those who believed in Brother me. Brother Brian! No, I'm just fucking around. <laughs> thank you, Austin, for picking this. It was really fun hosting this. And um, I'm not going to ask Pappy what we have coming down the pipeline because I'm trying to stop doing Do you have any hot takes? The last time you had a really good hot take. Ooh, hot takes. What was my hot takes? That dad movies are okay? Yeah. It can be about anything. Um, hot take, hottest take that I can think of at this very moment. Paul Thomas Anderson made two good movies in his entire career. Whoa. What? And that's about it. Which one? I think the, what's that? Not Punch Truck Love. No, it's just Boogie Nights and There Will Be Blood. Those are both masterpieces. That's it. I thought There Will Be Blood was There Will Be Boredom or whatever. And people change, and I watched it again, and it is a bona fide masterpiece. <laughs> well, fucking rewatch Punch yeah. Drunk Love then. Don't bury the lead. Yeah, this is all this growth you've had at least recently. I know. I'm trying here. No, I think that There Will Be Blood is one of the greatest movies made in the past, I don't know, 30 years or so. Like the fact that um, No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood came out in the same year is almost criminal. They were filming within miles of each other, too insane that like if there was ever a year you should have been like hey we need to give out like co oscars for co best pictures it was that year and so i'll leave it at that as much as i think pta is pretentious and does shit just to be pretentious i think there will be blood is an absolute god's honest masterpiece and i hope we spoil it soon and that was spoilers Special thank you to our patrons, Druid King. He wanted me to tell you that he loved you. The Meg. He wanted me to tell you that he loved you. Matt Troll. Hey, there you are. Brother Brian. He was a friend of your brother's. Nick. Yes, we just don't need a walking, breathing reminder of him right now, you know? <sighs> the Wolf. No, no, you're right. You're right. Let's talk to him. David. I, I could use a drink. How about you, David? Nurse Stacy. You killed mom and dad. Barky420. So you knew my brother? Davey Kerr. Couldn't impose on your hospitality any longer, sir. Total movie recall. He seemed like a really cool guy. Spencer. And sir, you're calling me sir now? You gotta stop with the sir, my name's Spencer. You gotta call me Spencer, for God's sakes. I'm sorry. What did the kid call him? PK! 
If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. I'm sorry, I, I just, the master, I, I am 100% <laughs> picking the master soon. Yes. On brand. Scientology. <laughs> oh, that's what that is about. <clears throat> yeah. It's also incredibly uncomfortable. Walking Phoenix is so uncomfortable in that movie. He does that pretty well. He does it really well. So, <laughs> is that his secret, like, acting, like, Leo has yelling? He has <laughs> making you not want to be around him? <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he was yelling Sorry. in Return to Paradise? Like, at the end? That shit is insane. I watched that part again the other day. Why did you watch that part again the other day? Pap wanted to remember Anne Heche. Yeah. Who's that? Part of a tribute. <laughs> and Heish. Well, well, from the classic The Guest to the classic Surviving the Game. Is that um, Most Dangerous Game with Ice-T? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I watched that movie... In the mid '90s, it's when it came out, and I think it was on TNT or TV. I think it was on TNT. So it was, it was like right. that, followed by Law and Order, like right. Back no, no, that. no, because <laughs> you have to remember, in the mid '90s, TNT went all in on Jean Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal movies. That's right. So I remember this movie, like specifically playing after I think Hard Target. Which is another future spoilers movie. Can we also do um, uh, JCVD? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I, I gotta see. I cried. I, I think it might be. That, that movie, movie seems pretty serious, right? Like that it movie. Seems... It, it it's it, it is and it isn't, but it did make me cry. Documentary. No, it's double um, team is just fucking absurd. Like it's so stupid. Like so stupid. Way more dumb than like <laughs> kickboxer and like Street fucking... Fighter. Dude, it's worse than Street Fighter by a long <laughs> shot, too. Why is it called JCVD? Jean Claude Van Damme. Is it about him? How do you not know that? Yeah, he plays J- he... JCVD in that movie. It's, <laughs> it's he kind plays of himself? Like... I guess I'm. I thought well, it was a documentary. It's... No, it's kind of like. Um... What's that movie that Shia LaBeouf did? Honey Boy. It's like that, but um, Jean Claude Van Damme's like actually like in it versus like Lucas Hodges or whatever playing Shia. Oh, it's cool. really really cool. I think you guys would like like it a lot. All right, guys, I gotta go. Good pod. I'll catch y'all later. See ya. Be a Corey. Be a Corey. I made a folder. That was spoilers.